Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. And the cat mass really throws her. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. That's a good way for nobody to get anything done. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I hate cooking. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. So like hot people only, huh? Hello, everyone. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're going to talk about things that we've learned so far. <laughs> we're uh, about four weeks in, guys. And uh, we've been learning some lessons, some hard lessons, some long lessons. Some stay-at-home revelations. Yeah. I mean, I learned that perhaps having three kids was not my best choice ever. <laughs> Although my sister was arguing, let me know what you think about this. We were trying to rank the order of hardness for sheltering in place and we were going back and forth. It's like, is it easier to just be a single person? Like, at least you have to deal with anybody else, but then you're lonely. But is it harder to be with five people all the time, which I'm finding, shall we say, challenging? I like the variety. I saw a picture on Twitter yesterday, a meme, and it was Mel Gibson talking to the guy playing Jesus on the set of Last Temptation of Christ. And it was like... (laughs) me talking to my friend with two toddlers explaining why it's really hard to quarantine alone. (laughs) And he's talking to like Christ with blood running down his face. Well, my sister was making the argument that like she thinks it's hardest for parents of only children. That's what she was putting at the top of her hardness triangle because Mm. she was like, it's just one kid who you constantly have to entertain. And I was like, that does sound challenging. You're right. I think she might be right. (laughs) I feel like, you know, I have three and it's a lot of inter-sibling warfare, but it is also a lot of go figure out what to do together for a while. And so it's a bit of a mixed bag. I think so. You and I are both five people under one roof and there are combinations, right? Like different combinations are getting along at different times. And it's just more than none other people to talk to and more than one kid. I think it probably is easier, but the kitchen is... The kitchen is the bet noir for you. The kitchen is the monkey on your back during this quarantine. You've mentioned it, I'm going to say, several times, Amy. And I know it's not a happy place for you, the kitchen. It's not my happy place, but I'm sure spending a lot of time there. So this week, Willie Geist put up on Twitter. He said, one month from today, I'll be 45 years of age. Yet it was just this morning that I learned how to load a bowl into the dishwasher properly. Many thanks and warmest regards to Christina Geist, his wife. And we know her. We've had her on the show. So I responded to him. Of course, I had a what kind of monster point of view on this. And I was like, look, did you put the bowl where the plates go? Because if you did, I am totally on her side. And it's probably the most attention a tweet of what Fresh Hell podcast has ever gotten. There are women across the United States (laughs) chiming in on that there is indeed a correct way to load a dishwasher. So we're not alone in the way we feel. Yeah, there's been a lot of spousal learning going on during this time. That's what I find from looking at my Facebook feed. You guys can always find us at Facebook com slash what for shellcast. And I do find the spousal learning. I mean, my husband and I, there's so much he has to learn. And this is such a good time, I think, for him to learn it. How to properly pick up the floor, how to vacuum correctly. I don't think he thinks it's that helpful, but I'm finding it, you know, it's consuming a lot of my time teaching him the ways in which he is incorrect. His breathing and chewing are getting some attention. 
also need some. Yes. In our house, we've made it a sort of group project to teach correct speakerphone etiquette. That in fact, when you have a tiny microphone dangling like right in front of your mouth, you, you actually, you don't have to yell like it's two tin cans and a string. They can actually hear you if you speak in a normal tone of voice without actually like projecting like you're in a Greek amphitheater. It works. I have really been enjoying the tweet theme on Twitter that is, can't believe I'm married to the... (laughs) So a lot of people are seeing their... My husband works at home, so I've always known what kind of monster I'm married to. We don't usually spend... 24 hours a day together and the kids aren't home that whole time too. So my dynamic has changed, but I do kind of see how my husband is at work, but people realizing like, oh, I'm married to the let's circle back guy, (laughs) the person who says that unironically at work. And I have found that fairly amusing, but I will say my husband, after some fraught conversations about how we were dividing the workload, I suggested that perhaps he could do some of his work because we have a downstairs basement office where he works and he self quarantines like all the time. (laughs) Normally he self quarantines like he goes down at 8 a.m. And often I do not see him again. There's a bathroom and a shower and sometimes he comes up for food, but often he forgets to eat. He's an introvert, sounds like. Yeah. Well, he's just uh, he's an engineer. So he goes into what we call tunnel mode. Oh, right. So he just goes down and he starts coding and then he I literally pound on the door at 6 p.m. and I tell him it's dinner time and he is startled and confused that human life has gone (laughs) on all day while he's been in his tunnel. (laughs) He just gets way deep into his work. But he's not doing a lot of coding right now. He's doing different kind of things at work. So I suggested that perhaps rather than disappearing from our lives for 10 hours while I'm trying to homeschool three children, he could be in the living room working so he could be a source of help if needed. And that's not been going great for him. (laughs) That's a good way for nobody to get anything done. Yeah, it it was maybe not my best choice. And now I find myself making helpful suggestions about his work, which he does not enjoy. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard you were doing this thing. Maybe you could. And he's like, looking at me like, really? You can tell me how to make the bed, how to load the dishwasher, how to raise the children. But do not tell me how to do my job. I have made it my sort of, I have found restraint by not bringing the thing up, but certainly by not disagreeing with the helpful suggestion once one of my children makes it. Wait, give me an example. Well, like, I didn't say anything about the yelling into the speakerphone. So basically, until my daughter couldn't take it anymore and, you know, just like let him have it with a hilarious but fervent fire hose of like, I can't take it anymore. You yell. You don't have to yell like that. And to my surprise, he was like, you're right. I do yell. I know. Like, And, and apparently other people on these calls have maybe been trying to explain that. And so <laughs> once the tough love was, you know, once it was on the floor as a topic of discussion, I was like, I'm going to back my daughter up on this one. Yes, I think you could. He's like, I'm fervent. I care about what I'm saying. So (laughs) I'm passionate. Well, you have introduced into our lives headset gaming. We were not at that level, but we decided to commit to like headset gaming during this time. And I am constantly like that thing in front of your mouth is a microphone. You are not trying to yell loud enough that they can hear you at their own houses. Like the headset gaming is very, very loud. And why that's pleasurable to the person on the other end, I'm not sure. My guess is having been on some Zoom calls with the classes, for some reason, the instinct to scream at the top of your lungs is hard to resist. Somebody, (laughs) And if you're doing it, like, did you ever notice you can't make your own eardrums hurt by screaming? Like, you can't scream so loud you pop your own eardrums or something that, like, shuts off in your ears? No. So if you're also screaming into your headset microphone, then eardrums are fine. (laughs) You're all business. I saw somebody tweeting... A Zoom call with a third grade class is basically just 20 kids trying to scream the name of their dog louder than someone else. (laughs) And it's true. Like, that's all my kid, all my fourth grader wants to do is introduce his class members to his cat. Like, he does not want (laughs) to learn what personification, what role that has in poetry. And how has Avril taken, this is Margaret's cat, what does Avril think of this time with everybody home? She's really funny because she just keeps looking at us like, still here? And the funniest we have found is that in an attempt to try to keep some routine, we are doing mass live streaming church on Sundays in the living room. 
Wow. Okay. And so we make the kids, we're Catholics, guys. We make them stand and kneel and sit and up and down. And we're all staring at the, it looks like we're doing a workout video, basically. (laughs) And the cat, every time, for some reason, mass really throws her. She just sits right in front of the TV and stares at us the whole time. Like, what is this? (laughs) She does not know what to make of it. What fresh hell is this? Well, she wants us to leave. She's done with us. Everyone says it's like the dog's greatest day and the cat's worst day. Yes, Marshmallow, like, that's my dog. That's all she wants is to be around humans. And I think she's definitely already forgotten what it was like to ever be alone. So it's going to be awesome when we leave her alone again. I mean, it's been four weeks since she was home with zero other humans to be with her. I can't imagine. But right now, she's loving it. I mean, it must be very confusing for the poor animals. Like, we recently went away for the longest time we've ever been away. And it was Christmas break, basically. We went visiting all over. We were gone for two weeks. And we have somebody who comes in and takes care of her. But, yeah, we were gone for two weeks. And then we came back. And she's like, what is this? You go forever, and then you stay forever. She must not know what to make of it. So we went on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. And we went to our group. If you're not in our group, join the group because you can talk to one another. You can post the silliest memes for this moment that you've seen today. And we asked the people in our group, what is the most surprising revelation that you've had from spending all this time at home with your family? So I thought we'd talk about some of our own revelations and theirs as well. We were talking about the kitchen. So I thought this was a good one. Bethany said she just noticed that she doesn't have room in the cabinets for all of her dishes to be clean at once. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like, oh, I will say my house has never been cleaner. I'm usually pretty messy and I try to keep the house clean. But when I'm working all day and the kids leave the house, I usually come and work on the podcast. I have another job that I work on pretty hard and I get busy during the day and then the kids come home and I'm helping them with homework. So a lot of times like the laundry doesn't get done. I mean, we do find a lot of time to clean this house. It's pretty clean right now. Yeah, I am getting to like, you know, like dusting the lampshades and stuff like not every room every week, but like the thing you've never done before. I am finding time to do like, wow, look at all this dirt. Well, also when it started, my first instinct was like, must clean everything because we were just starting to like shelter at home and all I saw was like these three germ monsters who'd been in school all week and brought bringing home goodness knows what and I so the first week we cleaned everything and vacuum it was like post lice you know lice alling and it was spit spot and we've been keeping it up because <laughs> what else do we have to do And for some reason, my 11-year-old has gotten very, who is always the biggest whiner on, you know, super fun cleaning party Saturdays that I talked about. We usually do a Saturday morning cleanup. He's gotten very obsessed with his room being clean. I think it's a control thing. Wow. I mean, let it go, right? If it uh, accrues to your benefit. Yeah, except for he shares with his brother. So it's a lot of screaming at the brother that he's making the room mess. No upside, Amy. Stop looking for an upside. (laughs) There's an upside. Erin said that she has just noticed that there are approximately 147, 532 things I can't stand about my house. The builder's grade carpet, the wrong paint color on the walls, the lack of a backsplash in the kitchen. And now I want to start all of these projects immediately because every time I see them, I hate them. But there's zero time and zero money to do them. Yeah, I've been resisting this urge, which I've also felt. My urge has been a little bit more throw away all the things. And I've been trying to resist the urge to just literally throw away everything in my entire house because I feel like I'm going to regret that. (laughs) But I do understand the urge. You have to be careful of the deep clean. My sister-in-law a week or two ago decided like this was the time she was going to go into like the gaskets of the washer. Are those called gaskets? The inside, like the gunky, yucky. It's probably something I'm supposed to clean ever and I never have. And today I'm going to do it. Well, what do you think she did? Broke it. Broke the washer. Yep. (laughs) No, they got it fixed with like, you know, banging on the door of a like closed hardware store and, you know, 1-800 number. And like they got it fixed after spending like a day fixing the washer. And so she put that on Facebook as like a warning to the rest of us. Please don't. It's not the time to take apart a machine that you cannot do without. We don't have this instinct. My husband got a little bit like, oh, let's build a second level on the treehouse. And I just thought, 
You know what I really don't need right now? An unfinished project. I don't need a lot of lumber. I definitely don't need like the bathroom to be broken because you think you're fixing something in there. Uh, resist. That's my recommendation. Just this morning, I like load up the dishwasher for the you know 150th time this week. I press start, close the door. A couple minutes later, it's going. I don't know. That doesn't usually do that. That was a very good impression of a washer. Was that realistic? Huge. That's your acting skills really shining. It was. I go over and open it. It's flashing water tap. Like one word, water tap, because, you know, I'm like, okay. So I look up the type of the dishwasher. I download the manual. I search the manual for water tap, one word. It's not in the manual. I am like, my life without a dishwasher is flashing before my eyes. So I did a hard reset, people, and it worked. All that means is like I held down the start button for like a minute, and then I let go, and then it stopped beeping, and it ran. I was so scared. My husband is is an advanced engineer, and he always says... (laughs) When in doubt, turn it off and turn it back on. Guys, we'll be back with more stay-at-home revelations. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking... I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Amy, picking up on what we were saying before the break, I think that some husbands really need a project. My sister's husband is in an industry that is shut down right now entirely. So he's not really working and he's project guy. So he's like building a new rock wall at the house where they are actually staying. It's his parents' house and he needs a project. And I do think like respect, because I was saying I don't want projects, but my husband, if he wants to take a project, it, keep them busy. You know, it's good. Mm-hmm. You don't want like a caged tiger on your hands. So if your husband is an outdoor project guy, this might be a good time for that. But like build a birdhouse, right? It has to be only non-essential. I would say non-essential projects are preferred and definitely not... <laughs> take apart the kitchen sink. You know, definitely not a project that is going to make your head explode when you go to use the kitchen sink and it is broken. Can we talk about some of the cooking and food revelations that our listeners came up with? Because I thought there were some good ones here. Sure. Jennifer says she has realized 
that she actually saved a ton of money by letting her kids buy school lunches every day. She used to feel guilty about that, like she was lazy and they were wasting money buying school lunches. Now, she said, I have three boys and they're about to eat me out of this house. I'll be the one getting the virus because I have to keep going to the grocery store. (laughs) That's an interesting one. I mean, my overall revelation is that I always think to myself, like, I like to cook, but I'm busy and, you know, I don't prioritize it. I have had a major revelation during this time. I hate cooking. I hate it. I have gone kind of the other way. Okay, you go first and then I'll explain my own revelation. I mean, I have nothing else to add. I just, (laughs) it's really made me realize that I hate cooking. I occasionally, like once a week, don't mind baking something, whether or not I enjoy eating it. But every night, the thing that crushes me is like, we have to feed them. And it's... The cooking is making me miserable. I don't like it. It's not that I didn't prioritize it. It's that I avoided it because I hate it. And I do hate it. I used to hate it. Still don't love it. But I have discovered this like way into it. This revelation at home. I don't like, okay, like we're going to do like lamb with harissa sauce and I'm going to go to the market and then spend all day, you know, simmering the braise. That's not my thing. But I kind of love MacGyvering, like, what can I make? Like a little Top Chef thing, I guess. Like tonight in the kitchen, I have like a couple of things of bacon left and I have some ground beef and I have ketchup. I'm going to do a meatloaf. I'm going to wrap it in bacon. And you can, you know, thank you, Internet. You can pretty much find a recipe for anything by typing in Bisquick raisins. You really can. You know, like (laughs) I got Bisquick and raisins. What can I make? I'm not a baker. I mean, I live in New York City, right? Like under normal circumstances, I can get a beautiful anything in 10 minutes. That's way better than I could make it from a bakery. But now I'm like, I'm home with Bisquick and raisins and two eggs. What can I make? And I am doing a lot more of that. And that I kind of like and that my kids are more willing to join in. Like we did a rotisserie chicken when we went to the grocery store because that's just so easy to turn into like. 10 things. You know, barbecue chicken sandwiches, right. But then I had the bones and stuff. I mean, I would always just throw that directly in the garbage. And then there's just something, like I'm a homesteader mom all of a sudden. Like, you don't throw away a chicken carcass. You make homemade chicken stock. And I did. It's easy. And then I've been like, you know, putting it in the like mashed potatoes and stuff a week. And it's really good. And I kind of dig it. I didn't expect that at all. Oh, I wish. Maybe I overleaned in because I feel like the first week I was like, I have all this time. I'm going to make homemade dumplings and Chinese food and over pan fried noodles. And I just every night I was like, I'm miserable. I don't like it. But maybe I just need to stop being so extra and just more approach it like, hey, today's challenge is what can I make with what I have in the fridge? But I think I just hate cooking. And it's also like, it's the seven days a week, right? It's the like incessant, I mean, I get it. It would be easier to live with somebody who loves to cook right now. Uh, (laughs) Like we have friends, a couple who like the division of labor is extremely clear. He cooks, she cleans. That's our division of labor, but in reverse. When we were just talking about that, like last night, like, you know, like, could we have quarantined with them somehow? Could we have worked that out? Because <sighs> they like, they already had this going and it works for them. And I feel like we're kind of both cooking and both cleaning. And it's nice to have the partner. It really is. My spouse has really been stepping up. We have been doing the thing that someone suggested on the last episode, which is one meal a day. So even on Sunday, we went out and got a big takeout food lunch and ate it. And then... <laughs> My kids, I have one kid who every five minutes is like, what's for breakfast? What's for, I mean, he, he just got to go, not to know, has to know what the next meal is. And I said, it's hot dogs or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's not dinner. Oh, it is now, kid. Like, it's dinner. Yep. You had your one meal. My husband takes care of breakfast <laughs> and then I'm good for one other meal. And that is it. Today, I texted my children to let them know that an assortment of soups were available for lunch today, and they were invited to choose one and put it in a pot. Just canned soup? Yeah, just cans of soup. Like, I had like six cans of soup. Like, you pick one and you pick one, and that's lunch. And this is like unthinkable a month ago, and now they're like, oh, okay. So, it is not all bad. Uh, you know, the it's a revelation for them, right? Like, I think they allow themselves to think, and this is like everybody but me in my house, they allow themselves to think that really only mom knows how to turn the washer on. Like, sure, she showed me, but there's more to it than on normal start. Yeah. She's not going to trick me. Yeah. She's got a special power. Right. I'm like, it really is like, what do you think you would press next? Like, they lead you through the steps pretty clearly, these machines. And I think they have finally... 
Although one of my teenagers today turned on the burner underneath the soup and it was going like, tick, 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 and he just walked away. I'm like, when you mm. hear that noise, <laughs> you need to attend to that. And that's how Amy's head exploded, yes. guys. And that is why she's currently seeking treatment for exploded head syndrome. Oh, and of course he was like annoyed. Like, oh, okay. I'm like, it's kind of important. Take the note on this one. Take the note. It matters. Katie on our Facebook page said, which I like, she realized that she was wasting too much food, has become more strategic about preparing food to limit the number of trips I've taken to the grocery store. I do think there is something about this entire experience that is a bit of a reset about need, want. I love that we don't have six Amazon deliveries coming a day, you know, just because like someone said, oh, I want this thing or I'll have this or blah, 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 blah. I do really, I mean, enjoy is a strong word because there's a little about this that's enjoyable, but there is something that I am appreciating about resetting, eating what we have in the fridge, eating leftovers. And just that's what's for dinner. You can complain about it, but it doesn't change the fact that that's what's for dinner. Or have cereal, right? If leftovers just gross you out, fine, have cereal. Really paring life down a lot is, you know, I talk a lot about like the great junk exchange and this feeling that we just have constant like vomiting backpacks and Amazon boxes full of stuff that we somehow thought we needed and the wall of garbage coming in and out. And it's interesting because my, the homeschool, my son's science, I found that a lot of the science is like, you know, when you go to an aquarium, you go to a museum, there was like the beautiful beluga whale being killed by garbage. Like it's just a lot on environmentalism, which I'm all for. <laughs> I'm an environmentalist, but my my son's homework, I'm like, I get it already. We're ruining the every reading is like, here is a beautiful species. It is being killed by plastic. And but my son has gotten kind of into this idea of, you know, plastic. And the other day, uh, one of my sons used a straw and wow, it was like we had a whole lecture about straws, and, <laughs> which is not wrong. I, straw consumption. I mean, don't you think that's gone down by like, right? Cause there is something nice about this thing of like, guys, like I really hope that it resets our thoughts a little bit about what we need because we don't need as much as we thought we did. And right, we're not just barfing garbage out from every pore all the time right now. And there's a great old Simpsons episode where they lose electricity and people are panicking. And then after, you know, a little while, like one person ventures outside and the next person ventures outside. And then you cut to this paradise where everyone's like running around with butterfly nets and dancing in the fields and stuff. And then someone's like, TVs are back on. And everyone just runs back inside and shuts the door. And it's like that moment of revelation meant nothing. And I'm hoping that some of this revelation sticks. I want to give a shout out to uh, Heather's revelation because it's related to the junk. Her kid had a birthday party during this time. She said, I kind of love the birthday parade. Everybody drives by your house, honks and waves as the birthday child stands on the front lawn, waves back. It's over in 15 minutes. There's no cleaning the house. There's no goodie bags. There's just a smile and a wave. This is the best thing to come out of this. <laughs> It is a revelation that like a birthday party does not have to involve spending several hundred dollars to rent, you know, a place where 20 kids can gather and da 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 da. A birthday, remember, Amy has a great story about like her birthday when her uncle came over and gave her a dollar and it was like the greatest day of her year. Yeah, it wasn't even my uncle, it was like some guy that lived in the neighborhood. <laughs> I, I can see him in my head, yeah. Even better, you know? But that's the thing, like, I do think we've all gotten a little extra about stuff and there is something about, and the revelation is like the kids don't really need it, you know? I mean, I have a kid whose birthday's coming up. I have a kid who's missing their first communion and there's a lot of disappointment and a lot of heartache about a lot of this stuff, but it kind of makes you realize what you do and don't need. And I, oh, I'm just trying to hold on to those lessons. Sure. And I mean, it depends on the age of the kid, right? Like your sweet 16 daughter is not going to love, you know, everybody driving by and waving, but she might not hate it. And for little kids, this is terribly exciting. One of my, um, it's not a kid in my daughter's class, but my daughter's grade school, first grader, and they put up some, you know, shots on the school page of all the kids singing. She had a cake at home. All the kids are singing on the Zoom and the teachers, you know, singing and waving. And like the look on this little girl's face, it was as if she was told to 
proceed directly to Elsa's castle where she was going to <laughs> sing Let It Go with her. Like it just, mm. it, she was delighted. And I think we can make do with less and our kids can find wonder in little things right now and, and we're lucky. Listen, I would not wish this situation on anybody. There's a lot of like horrible, tragic outcomes that are happening for myself, my family, people we know, people everywhere around the world. Yes, you're right. But at the same time, we are in it. And so there is something I do think, I mean, I've talked a lot about on the podcast about worrying that my kids, you know, don't face a lot of adversity, that this, you know, that we're trying to raise kids in a world where like every day is like, it's this person's special day today, but everyone gets something because it's everyone's special day every day. And God, you know, it's been a splash of cold water. Like, okay, it's nobody's special day. (laughs) And there are some actual hardships involved. And it's something that we're talking a lot about. Like, my kids, last night, we just had the night where one of my kids was really, I'm never going to see my friends again in this, I hate this. And it, uh, and we just have kind of a conversation of, you know what, we're home, we're healthy right now, we're safe, we have somewhere to be, we're warm. And like, we have to be grateful for what we have because the context of this is much bigger. And, you know, I know a lot of older kids who are missing huge things, you know, they're missing their proms, their college graduations. And even for them, like, this is the first big thing that they have faced true disappointment and adversity that wasn't just, you know, I didn't get into the school I wanted, or I didn't get the blue ribbon gold medal. This is something that is really ruining a big section of their life. And there's lesson in that. You know, the head of my daughter's school said on like a Zoom call, are you finding like if there's a group call to be on, I am on it. Like myself, I'm like, I'm hankering for that like connection. If it's a Zoom yoga class, if it's a Zoom like parent town hall, like I am there. I want to hear what like other fellow travelers are saying and thinking. And I really wanted to hear this principled wisdom because she just, you know, she's wise. She's I've known her for 17 years now. And anyway, she said that this is a semicolon in our kids' childhoods and that hopefully it won't be more than that. But like it is, it's a big pause and it will be imperfect and it will be wonderful in one way and horrible in another way, but it's significant and we don't have to pretend it's not significant. We just have to make it easier. Yeah, I love that. All right, more on this after the break. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 
guys, this era of drive-by birthday parties is a revelation. Like, it is so much better than taking our kids to regular birthday parties. And it got us thinking, how many other events would be better drive-by style? Like, imagine drive-by baby showers. Oh my gosh, you look adorable! Oh, you don't even look that pregnant! I bought you a diaper cake! I'll email you the tracking number! Drive-by first communion. Gosh, we hated to miss sitting through a 90-minute mass, but here, we're throwing this $20 bill on your lawn as a testament to our support of your child's spiritual growth. Drive-by wedding of your husband's friend from junior high school. You look beautiful in your dress. I would have loved to chat with your weird uncle while drinking watered-down cocktails, but instead, please accept this brief yet heartfelt wave. Drive-by office Christmas party. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear the vaguely offensive joke you're telling me, middle manager guy. I'm too busy honking my horn to celebrate this great event as I speed away. Merry everything, guys. This has been If More Parties Could Be Drive-By. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Okay, so we're back with the surprising revelations that we and our listeners have had so far with this crazy experience. And there's a lot of stuff about parenting. Michelle said she has uh, realized how much she likes staying home and not spending half of every day driving the kids to this place and that. She said, I'm also glad I have teens and not smalls. I think that's easier right now. As another parent of teenagers, I think you're right. I keep saying that. And then I had a Zoom the other day with a friend with a newborn baby. And I was saying... You know what? It is kind of like having a New Year born baby, though. I mean, this is kind of like what I did for three years with my little kids. You know, we didn't go a lot of places because it was such a hassle to get them in the car and go. And with a newborn, you're worried about germs. And I was kind of going back and forth like maybe this isn't that different than what I actually did when I had a newborn baby, which is I stayed home. I mean, you could do more, but, you know. But yeah, I think that's interesting. And I like Jenna's revelation In some ways, it's easier for me to be a stay-at-home mom having my school-age kids home, someone to play with, me and the baby. I think the revelation that you enjoy time with your kids is, it seems very, what's the word I'm looking for, like silly, but it's something that I think a lot of us spend a lot of time, like we have to stay busy because, gosh, if we're not busy, the kids go crazy. And if we're not busy, we would do too much screens. And I have found the revelation of, what's on the other side of boredom, very useful. Even screens, my kids, there are days where I say, I don't have any rules. I can't, I don't want to fight it. I don't care what you do. And my kids stop playing screens at a certain point. They get bored of them. Hmm. They find something on the other side of it. They found it. They have found the edge. Yep. They sailed around the edge of the world and found like, oh, this just keeps going. All right, I'll come back (laughs) and read a book. Yeah, it's just... And they found the other edge of getting along, too, you know? I mean, they fight. I get so much less involved in their fights. I found, generally, I would say, the minute I hear fighting, I'm stumping it. Who's being rude to someone in my house? They are, let them work it out right now. I basically don't get involved in their fights. And they figure it out. And I have one kid who is much more of a loner and he really needs, he's my sensory guy. I think he gets overwhelmed with like the stimulation of being around four other people all the time. Mm. He self-isolates a lot. He goes up to his room and he has a Lego set that he works on or he has things that he plays with in his room. But my instinct to be like, you've got to join in with family fun. He does not need to join in with the family fun all the time, you know? And often... When we're outside, we built a little pickleball court in our driveway. We spray painted the lines and we strung a piece of string across to make the just the top of the net. It's been super fun. We're playing a lot of pickleball in our driveway. <laughs> we just ordered the balls and the racket off of Amazon. It's not regulation. It's a little small because, you know, it's just our driveway. But the first couple of times, oh, you've got to join in. This is what we're doing. It's family time. And I stopped making him do it. And he often just watches us from the window while he's working at his desk or drawing or playing stuff at his desk. And then eventually he'll wander down and play a little bit and wander back. But Mm, that's interesting. I've let go of a lot of I have to make this a certain way. And that's working. I got to remember that lesson, too. Leanne actually says she noticed that her kids are getting along well and need less 
you know, oversight from her than they did in the beginning. She says, I think we're all adjusting. And I think that that is kind of true. Like I've definitely adjusted myself, but I think my kids, yeah, like they're not bickering as much because that gets boring too, right? Like we're settling from this is an intense, short, crazy thing to like, oh, I don't know how long this is going to be. So I, I need to just kind of relax. Like I'm finding myself needing to do less with them. And I'm also finding myself needing to do less for me. Like I can just sit down on the couch for a couple minutes and do nothing. Yeah, you needed that revelation more than me. <laughs> I'm always good with that. But I do find even with the homeschooling, in the beginning, I had the three kids set up in their three areas. Mom, and I was running back and forth like, oh, oh my gosh, this is so hard because I've got three kids and this one has a question at the same time as this one. This morning, I had a work deadline and I just said, you're on your own. Figure it out. And guess what they did? They pretty much figured it out. Hmm. And they probably didn't get every answer correct as they do when I run to them. But that's what school is. It's figuring it out. Right. You're not usually there. Right. And the technical difficulties, like whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, the technical difficulties, if they literally could not pull up an assignment, I would say in five minutes, I will come help that out. But the, I don't understand whether this should be division or multiplication. Well, then try one. And if it's wrong, you'll learn that way. You know, it's not all learning by me clearing obstacles. Back to the true crises of this moment, Michelle says that she has learned that she hates hide and go seek. <laughs> I hate all games. There are only so many places to hide in our house. So now the kids are trying to climb to new places like the top shelf in the closet. Oh, yeah. Michelle, I feel your pain. There's a lot of screaming. We can't go to the hospital right now at my house. And yeah, I find that what another revelation is that I really don't like games. And my oldest and I are on the same page with this. Like I also felt an obligation to in my cruise director mode in the early days, like, and then, oh, look at the whiteboard. It's home done with homeschool, 45 minutes of screens, and then it's family game time. I like some games and I really, oh no, I will never play again. I'm sorry. It's never going to happen again. It's horrible. I know. You, really? It's like that and goodie bags. Don't talk to Margaret about Uno. <laughs> Oh, God. What do I, I don't hate anything like you hate. Uno. <laughs> it's torture. And but we played charades the other day. And again, charades kind of devolved into my kids basically acting out YouTube videos that we'd never heard of. But they were cracking themselves and each other up. And <laughs> it works. It's fine. I don't mind a fun game, but Uno's torture. Monopoly's torture. My kids play this game called Categories, and it's one of those like, wait a minute, that title does not describe the game at all, but it's ostensibly called Categories. And the game is that you say, okay, it's a movie and it's uh, LM. And then the answer is like The Little Mermaid. But the is always supposed to be, you don't say T for the, you just say LM. But sometimes somebody will say TLM and then like 45 minutes will go by. <laughs> and the person's like, The Little Mermaid. I hate this game possibly as much as you hate Uno. And now that I think about it, I really, I don't have time for it. And it is, we've played it so much that the kids have run out of like anything to come up with initials for. But their sort of set of references and mine, like I'm like all Oldie Lux alerts and they're, yeah, like they're naming like famous YouTubers initials. Like I, I would never get this. Right. Yeah. We could be here all day, guys. Yes. Sometimes separate games is better. Yeah. One thing we've been having trouble with, we find, is like movies that we all... It's hard to find a movie that two middle-aged people and then an 11, 9, and 7-year-old, they all want to watch at the same time. Yep. It's been a little tough. I have two suggestions for you, actually. Okay. Galaxy Quest. Oh, that's a great one. That I'm writing that down. Yep. Yep. That one, guys, it's like, a. I think it might be PG-13, but I just watched it with my family. It's tame. It's basically like a TV show about like a Star Trek cast basically gets like sent up to outer space to like actually interact with aliens who think they're really space travelers. Very funny. And the other one is Napoleon Dynamite. This is your chance. You keep recommending that one. I know. I don't know why it's not appealing to me. I know. And now you're just going to hate it because I keep saying it. But it's like because you always talk about the Blind Melon video and we're like, Somebody said, like, it's a whole movie of that. I'm like, that's exactly it. Yes, you will love it. I'm not sure, but I might try it. But And it's a totally, again, it was PG and, oh yeah, it's a good one. I have a theory that I don't like seeing unattractive people in movies, which is maybe wrong of me, but not unattractive people. I feel like I go to the movies to see 
attractive people. <laughs> and when I see unattractive people in movies, it really turns me off. And I just watched the new Emma that is just in theaters, but now they released it straight to home video. I had my objection. I was like, why would I want to see unattractive people in movies? Is it like the British, like bad teeth unattractive, like character actor? It's just like a stylistic, realistic, we're not going to pretty everyone up. We're just going to make them look like real people that I find objectionable in all movies. <laughs> okay. And I have this pointed out to me as insane by many people, but I've never really changed my mind about it. So like hot people only, huh? Yeah, I like attractive people when I go to the movies. I don't mind unattractive people in real life. I don't consider myself an attractive person. I would not put myself in a movie. It has nothing to do with what their faces look like. It's like a style of making people look unattractive. Because the girl who plays Emma is beautiful. Like everyone in the movie is attractive, but it's like they make them look unattractive and weird. It's not for me, guys. It's a quirk. All right. But Galaxy Quest I will take, and I will give you this movie recommendation. Huge hit with my eight-year-old nine-year-old and 11-year-old remember the titans it was we had the best time watching it we were cheering it's football it's fun my eight-year-old girl really objected to turning it on and she was standing on the couch and cheering by the end (laughs) great family movie erin says that family dinners have been her revelation because she said we used to only have them on weekends because their weekdays were like the typical like I'm not home from work yet and this one is soccer practice and they actually wouldn't eat dinner as a family except on weekends. Now we sit down every night together and they play high low, which is the version of like the thing you used to call it roses and thorns, I think. Right. Well, like what's the good part of your day? What was the bad part of your day? Yeah. Best part. Worst part. Yep. Yeah. She's like, it's kind of hilarious since we are all having the same day (laughs) to hear what people pick. It's often hard to find a best part of the day or a worst part of the day. It's just another day. Yeah. And she says it's also kind of amazing to have nothing on the agenda on the weekends. I mean, yeah, my weekends are very you know, pick up, drop off, pick up, drop off, go to the soccer field, go to the baseball field. And now, yeah, it's just like weekends are like the days between Christmas and New Year's kind of days, right? Like just might as well wear your pajamas and throw a load of laundry in and, you know, walk around the house. And it's not all bad. It's another thing that I think, I mean, I have found the conversations that we're having get really interesting and deep. And my kids are talking more to each other about things. And It's just the fact of being together all the time. And that's been interesting. Like we can often have a dinner where my kids only talk about YouTube videos and which ones are funnier and less funny. And now we're spending so much of the day talking that we end up having deeper conversations. Someone was mean to me. Well, they think I'm different. This is happening like on Fortnite or whatever. Oh, well, you know, I find that being different, it's just really interesting. We're getting past which is the funniest YouTube video into some deeper conversations by just because we have to spend so much time talking to each other. Right. And then you like never interrupt the important conversation, right? Like we were the other night, the boys were supposed to, you know, not leave the table. They both had homework. I'm like, well, you're not like... I made dinner and now you guys, we were going to get this kitchen like completely cleaned up like nobody was here and then you can go start your homework. And then instead we got into a whole like deep conversation about, you know, like the meaning of life and politics and whatever. And it went on for so long with both of my teenagers and my husband and me that eventually we were like, okay, go ahead. You guys go do your homework. We'll clean up. And both of us agreed afterwards like we had had this tacit understanding like this conversation is going on for a while. And P.S. We are not loading the dishwasher while we're doing it. And we want them to help. But we were both happier to have spent that half hour. Like our kids are way more interested in talking to us than they usually are. (laughs) They have so few options. Well, and I think we've talked about that before, and it's something great to underscore. Lean into that. You know, when we start playing pickleball and all of the kids are involved and the pickleball game becomes like, who can keep it away from dad? I have that tendency to be like, no, we're here to learn how to play this game. Hmm. Lean into whatever develops, and that's the right thing to be happening right now. You know, it's not an opportunity to learn to get better at pickleball. (laughs) It's an opportunity to like laugh as a family doing an activity. And it's not an opportunity to teach dishwasher correct loading. Although let's be honest, there's a lot to learn there. It's an opportunity to have a family conversation and just see what's on the other side of the boredom and see how the conversations develop and see how much time you can just spend outside goofing around and see if it's nice outside 
just walk around, you know, I mean, yeah, just see whatever's working is what you should be doing. I like that. Whatever's working is what you should be doing. Yeah. And it's an opportunity. Guys, we hope you're staying well out there. Amy and I are both staying well ourselves and just enjoying having a perfect job in which to social distance and continue to have something to do. It's been a nice revelation and we would really, really appreciate it if you guys would help us spread the word post the episode, tell other people about it, have them come join you on Facebook. Any way to just help us keep getting the podcast out to people, we would appreciate. Yeah, because we're going to keep making episodes. But, you know, the tough part is the commutes, the exercise, the things that we used to do when we didn't have kids around. That time has shrunk for all of us. The spending literally any time alone. Is that what you mean, Amy? Yes. Yes. Those things have disappeared. Yes. Which is why we've come to suggest you can always put this in one ear and pretend you're listening. (laughs) Exactly. And guys, you can always find us on social media. We're at Facebook at What Fresh Hell Cast. And you can join the group from there. You can invite anyone you want to join the group as well. We're also on Instagram at What Fresh Hell Cast. And we're on Twitter at WFH Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you next week. Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.